Welcome everyone to Greencast. This is a podcast that brings practicality to being sustainable. Presented to you by the Waukesha County Green Team. Your hosts are myself, Alec Lapoidevin. And me, Laura Lauks. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Greencast. Uh, thank you for joining us today. Uh, really excited about this interview. Uh, today I'm sitting down with Dwayne Sperber, who is a community advisor to the Waukesha County Green Team Board. So I've had several conversations with him in the past here and thought he'd be a great guest to bring on here to discuss a, a few things that he's involved in and a couple of connections between the green team and some great insights into what some, some groups are doing in the area involving the trees and lumber coming out of our urban areas. So Dwayne, thank you for joining us. I really appreciate your time here. And if you could just jump in and uh, give us some details about what you're involved in. And, um, you know, I know you've got a business and if you could just kind of introduce some of the topics you're into. Sure. Thank you, Alex. I'm very happy to be here and excited. I, uh, I am the uh, owner of Woodward Urban Forest Products. And, and uh, later on, I think Alex and I are going to go a little bit deeper on what urban wood is, but basically it's, it's wood from trees that have to come down. And my business uh, supplies lumber and architectural woodwork that is all manufactured from trees that would have otherwise been wasted. And many of you might be familiar with the emerald ash borer that's devastating all of our, of our ash trees here and across the Midwest. And my industry was kind of jump-started by that. And, and that led me to serving on the, the Wisconsin Urban Forestry Council. Um, on the topic of urban wood utilization. And I am uh, I love being a part of the Waukesha County Green Team. And, and what's cool about that is that no matter where your interest would lie in, in sustainability, whether it be waste reduction or water quality and all these cool issues that the Waukesha County Green Team is a part of, urban wood fits in there too. We all have our place and are a part of this wheel. And, and that's what I've enjoyed most about learning more about all the cool people involved with Waukesha County Green Team and and that they've embraced this idea of urban wood utilization. So I'm, I'm looking forward to sharing more about all the, the things I'm involved in. Excellent. Yeah, thank you. And um, yeah, it's been really cool to see, you know, the Green Team kind of branching out and uh, all these different areas of sustainability that we're, we're kind of seeing jump up in this area, yeah. um, you know, and, and one that you're involved in that's really exciting to me is this Wisconsin urban wood. And, you know, having been in the arborist industry, I, I mean, I, I used to be on one of the crews out there cutting down trees for customers and yeah, the Emerald ash borer, man, it's just sweeping through the area and taking down all these trees. So, um, you know, that's, that's one thing I'm personally curious about is, what happens in this kind of process? Uh, so I'd, I'd like to jump into that a little bit. But first, could you you tell us a little bit about Wisconsin Urban Wood and your involvement in that? Sure, I, I'm I'm very excited about that. I um, there's there's a lot to say, and and if you knew me well, I'm very long winded. So I, I'm going <laughs> to try to try to curb my enthusiasm here a little bit. But and I'm also a bit corny, you know, Alex. I I I always like it. Uh, I always like uh, it when the top the topic of urban wood always brings people together. It brought you and I together, and hopefully, it's a topic that that that's bringing your audience together to listen. Because 
Urban wood has a way of doing that. It's because urban wood comes from trees where we live. They're, it's a forest that is literally right outside our door. And even if you're not aware of it and become aware of it today, you can go outside and look, and there is the urban forest. And, and many of us, if we were to be asked about where where is that forest, many of us would envision a place very far away. And if we ask where, the, where their wood products come from, they may also not really know the origin of those products. Well, the, Wisconsin urban wood was a was the result of, of kind of the the emerald ash borer. You know, way back in in, in the early 2000s, the, the emerald ash borer made its intentions very clear here in the Midwest. And this was happening during a time when, when, when folks were thinking differently about what they purchased and where is it from? What, what's the transparency of the product? And this was also happening in the, in the built environment. Uh, the LEED certifications and building certifications that required people to use certain local and sustainable products. So in this early 2000s, here's all these ash trees coming down and, and those in the private sector thought, well, why don't we utilize all those wood, all these trees, and turn them into wood. And many good hearted folks and well-intentioned folks went out there to do that for about a decade. And, and we never really gained any speed until we figured out that we all needed to unite, use the same terminology, the same mission. Because those who buy wood, whether it's a consumer or, 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 or an architect who wants to specify it into a building or, or a home, there needs to be a very clear and confident pathway to get to a wood product. And we were a bunch of good people out doing things on our own, doing them well. But those who demanded those products didn't have a clear path to get to this beautiful urban wood, ash or otherwise. And again, ash... This urban wood refers to, to wood from trees that were removed for reasons other than harvest. In other words, we're not cutting them down. We're, they had to be removed, and we're taking them to the highest use. So imagine all of that happening now under one mission, under one brand. And Wisconsin urban wood evolved, and it kind of had to become organized in order to get this urban wood utilized. And that's what we are. We're a member of Arborist. Uh, we're members of those who sought, those who care and care for trees, those who mill logs into lumber, those who manufacture wood products, those like my company that supplies urban lumber in a, in a more mainstream way, and and general supporters. So we're a, we're a group that's making this uh, uh, this otherwise wasted resource get into the built environment, back to the communities. Yeah, see, that's what. I just loved so much, you know, having especially been out there on these these arborist crews again, um, you know, I would see all this beautiful wood being just, you know, we we take the tree down for the customer and really it go directly through the wood chipper and turned into mulch. And then I saw that that mulch, we'd then go and either pay to drop it off somewhere where they turn it into a finished mulch product for for resale or we would dump it. You know, for the this particular company, we dump in a just a mountain of chips behind the the property, and all that stuff just kind of sits there. It doesn't get to break down properly. It's not being used. It's then this beautiful tree, which has been taken down, isn't then going through that full process. So it's so cool to see that there's someone out there 
that that saw that too and is is trying to remedy that especially when you know right now you can really drive around any streets in the area you know all of well pretty much in the midwest and there's ash trees coming down you know so to see all that just go to waste is just such a shame so it's it's too cool that this is going on and um, you kind of jumped into a couple of them, but what are you, you know, are, are kind of the main goals or the, the mission of Wisconsin Urban Wood? Is it, it, especially in sustainability terms, maybe? Well, one of the, one of the coolest thing, one of the best parts that I like about Wisconsin Urban Wood is, is again, I'm, I'm a, I'll admit I'm corny, but it's our, it's our motto. It's our tagline. And the tagline of Wisconsin Urban Wood is, trees first, wood next. And, and the reason I like that so much is that if we just simply went out and used all these trees and, and weren't concerned with the, the, the highest value, which is a, a living tree, and if we weren't bringing awareness to the urban canopy, we, what are we doing? It is all about trees first, and that is an ethic that, that our members possess, that we would rather see, just like the arborist you mentioned, Alex, they'd rather see that tree standing and healthy. But now when it comes down, many of those benefits that the trees were providing us while they were living can continue on through these forest products. And it does so in, in kind of these, these uh, invisible ways. Number one, it, 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 lumber still sequesters carbon. Uh, number two, what if your what if your products came using urban wood locally uh, ultimately reduces emissions, transportation costs for materials, and and everyone you know I want to make clear we're talking about millions of board feet of lumber. This is not a uh, this is not a tiny amount of wood. And, and as a matter of fact, I'll, I'll throw in here that back in 2002 or three, when this was all getting started, the U.S. Forest Service uh, did a little bit of research and, and they reported that if, if, if all the, the, the urban and community trees that came down across the country were processed into lumber, it would equal over 4 billion board feet of lumber each year. And to put that into perspective, that's about 30% of what is produced commercially in the United States. Now, we're not doing this to put anyone out of business. This is just simply a resource that is there. So imagine the impact that one tree at a time or a municipality, all of their trees at a time can have. But, but that process to getting, getting that is, is done. But to go back to your question about the goals, well, the goal to me is this, and it goes back to these living trees, and it's that the more we all learn about the essential qualities of our living tree, our living urban trees, the better we become at bringing those beneficial and healthful, healthy characteristics into our built environments through the products using these urban trees. That was kind of a mouthful, but what it means is, is let's learn more about our living trees and learn how when we continue them on after they've, they've died, how much they also affect a community, environmentally, economically, socially, our health, solid wood is better in a built environment. That's proven. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it, that's what we call full circle. And guess what? It starts all over again. We get to plant trees. 
and it happens all over again. That's all, that's all we're asking for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I, I love how straightforward that is, you know, and the fact that it's, you know, looking at the living trees first and seeing, you know, you know, especially I worked for a, a couple of arborists that, you know, if, if the tree didn't really have to come down, they would tell the customer, like, that's a, and that's a beautiful tree. There's really no need to come that for that to come down, you know, and, and if the, the customer was insistent, sometimes they'd even pass that job along because, yeah. you know, I, I don't believe all arborists are out there just to cut trees down. They are doing a, you know, a service, but there's, there's people within that industry that genuinely love trees. Like they don't just want to go cut all the trees down. They, they enjoy the work and, you know, many companies are into preserving trees through other methods. Um, but now this is, um, I believe a good way for partner, uh, for arborists to partner with, um, your program, which, you know, they do in a, in, in that they contact you. Is that correct? That's correct. And we have members who are arborists and all of our members are, I'll just say vetted, meaning, uh, an arborist, for example, must be ISA certified to be a member. And um, that means they're, they're, they know a lot about trees. They, they have the proper insurance. And if a tree has to come down, you should only entrust your life <laughs> with, a, with a certified arborist or, or proven otherwise. And it's because of that ethic. And, and you're right, arborists are, I always say, arborists are some of the best people I know. They're just good people. And mm-hmm. anybody who works with trees is good. And, and, and pruning a tree for health is a bit of artistry. It's a bit of artwork. And, and they, they love it. And when they come down, they now have, a, whether you're a Wisconsin Urban Wood member or not, hopefully you will learn that we exist. And, you know, the, the reality of, of the world is that <clears throat> there must be some benefit to both sides. Number one, an arborist can preserve the length of a log at the time of removal. That saves them work. They can either deliver it to a regional Wisconsin urban wood sawmill or, or, or a furniture maker, or, um, or it can be left behind for that, make, for that Wisconsin urban wood member to come and pick up. So just like most things, it's not like Amazon.com where you just push the button and it's gone. Urban Wood builds community and it builds relationships with with our felt with our local businesses and our local like-minded folks. So that's what I like most about Urban Wood is is um, <clears throat> well, I just I said it, it it builds community. It truly does. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and that's that's something I've certainly looked at with with my business as well as you know this community aspect and you know from the. The small business perspective, you, you kind of laid it out right there. If it saves them work cutting those big logs into smaller pieces that are manageable for them, you know, that saves them time. If they can have, you know, someone with Wisconsin Urban Wood come and pick up a, a log, that saves them truck space having to go dump, um, you know. And by groups working together like this, it's it's closing those loops, you know. And I, I see a lot of open loops in in some of these industries that you know it's like we've got this great waste product from one industry that can be utilized in another industry and i know for for like for my business i i look at those wood chips as you know certain types of wood are great for in the garden right 
So it's, I then go to the arborist I know, and I'm like, Hey, can I stop by and pick up a load of chips and, you know, take some of their waste product away. And it, it gives me a, a very functional product that I don't have to then go, you know, drive further or have shipped or, you know, something from another location. Um, so yeah, that, that's what I found was really cool. I know in our, some of our past discussions, we got into that. Um, you know, and you, you kind of touched on something that I really liked, which was, you know, how this differs from the standard industry, you know, the, the standard lumber industry and in, in that this is local. I mean, this is, you're, you're bringing it from the local area and, and giving it back to the local area. So it's not trees grown just to be cut down later and turned into lumber. So is that, um, yeah, but, but let me, let me make sure I, I clarify something or make certain someone knows this. The, Tradition or a commercial forestry or logging is done very well today. Um, you know, replanting sometimes I think it it might outpace what they're removing now. But you can imagine that a I've never seen a commercial logging operation up in the woods of Canada or wherever, but you can imagine that it's done very efficiently. They 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 hopefully number one have managed the forest well and have marked the right trees. To, to have a sustainable forest. But then they have all the equipment there on this day or this week or this month, and they're going to take down those trees. They're going to slide down the hill. They're going to be loaded onto a semi. They're going to go here, bing, bang, boom. And all of a sudden you've got lumber. And, and there's, there's great efficiencies in that. And it's a giant industry here in the country and, you know, here in Wisconsin too. And so now you got urban wood. Well, Harvest is not a bad word. Harvesting trees is not a bad word. It's just not what we do. Mm-hmm. We're, we're taking something that had to be removed and hopefully putting building a system and, and an awareness and an understanding in place that will, uh, a system in place that makes it efficient to get that. It's just like recycling. It's like a gargantuan recycling bin <laughs> sitting out there. And you know that that bin's going to go somewhere And somebody up there is going to take good care of it and do a good job. And it's going to come back and benefit us all. It's kind of what we're doing. But guess what? There's a lot of pickup points. One tree at a time. Sure, we've got the members who can handle one tree at a time and perhaps make you or or someone in the community a table out of that. But imagine Milwaukee's 4,000 logs that come down. The city of Milwaukee takes about 4,000 trees down a year. Imagine what a bigger community does. You know, Milwaukee's kind of small. Imagine what New Berlin takes down a year or, or another big community. Well, imagine if there was a route and a road and a giant enough recycle bin for them to utilize. Well, that's, that's, that's what we're doing. And, and uh, I don't know where – I kind of lost my, my thing here, but you can imagine that's very different than a commercial logging operation is where I was. Now I picked back up. <laughs> so there has to be this Wisconsin urban wood has slipped in here and we are filling, we're connecting all of those links in the chain so that it doesn't become overwhelming that, or if, or, or we're working on policy, which we'll talk about later, where uh, a community can adopt a policy that this will happen. Well, there Having a plan and a system and a policy in place is, is, is our other goal. Let's make this a system. Let's make it easy. Uh, and easy is the biggest part. 
we don't want to add more cost to a municipality. You know, if they've got to do this and it costs them more, they're not going to do it. Well, how can we help and how can we collaborate? How can we be a community and come to this together? Yeah, I like that. That uh, that's kind of the the central theme to you know a lot of what you're you're doing with this and you know the green team in general. We're you know working with the community to build community and to help the community. I mean, it, it just seems to be <laughs> right you know, covers covers it all. Yeah, um, it covers it all. You know, so uh, I did want to you know ask a little bit back to the beginning here, but um, you know how how was this group? kind of formed and I know you had a big part in this so curious how you know you jumped into Wisconsin Urban Wood um, how the group came together and then you know what what kind of got this machine moving well it was a it was a decade of learning and observing and it makes me think of you know just because every you know every if you were to tell if you were to ask someone on the street, uh, this question, say it's a survey question, and I haven't thought about this, so I don't know what. Um, what if you ask someone, would you like it if your city considered every tree they removed down to go to a sawmill rather than a landfill or to get chipped up? They would all say yes. And then you'd ask them, um, do you like that idea that your tree or your community's trees are now feeding a local manufacturer who uses wood? And they say, yes. And then that consumer on the street's going to say, that's a good idea. Let's do it. You know, or why aren't they doing it? Well, I've learned the hard way that just because something's a good idea doesn't mean, number one, it's going to happen or, or, or it will happen or that it's you know, easy to happen. Hmm. So we had all these people, myself included, way back in the, in the mid-2000s who kind of said, hey, I've got this urban wood for sale. And, and then through my advocacy, through some other federal programs and years, I had a lot of urban wood and logs and potential to sell. And over the years, I learned that the, the lumber industry, the wood product industry is very standardized. For example, if you wanted to go out and find a piece of hard maple, you'd know where to go and you'd know what it was going to look like and you'd go get it. Anytime you wanted it, you could go get it. Any type of board. And so the world was used to this standardization. And boy, here we come. Urban wood logs are shorter and they're, they're, they're graded perhaps differently. And, and we don't always have maybe the varieties and this, that, and the other. So we learned very quickly, independent, independent, while we were all independent, we learned that, boy, to sell this and, and to sell all of those logs, we needed to kind of step into the mainstream world a little bit and play by their rules. And we realized that, again, as I said earlier, we needed to kind of standardize urban wood. And so I lived that and I evolved into that. And so many others around the state and the Midwest and now the country were evolving into that understanding that we need to do more than our little piece. Because if I'm gone, it or the other, if we all leave, no one's there. So we, we, we knew, we saw the need for a, a unified mission and effort and right down to language and standards and this, that, and the other. So we, we all kind of came together the first time, I think, in 2012 officially. 
And uh, two years later, we had organized Wisconsin Urban Wood, and we needed we 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 wanted to become the voice of this so that we could build consumer confidence and 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 mainstream users like architects, where where I focus on on a higher higher volume uh, level. So um, how did we come together? We well, we kind of had to. And we didn't force it. We grew into it. And that's why that's what has kind of made it so strong is that those who have with dirt under their nails and kind of banged up along the way and we just kind of figured it out. And so I, I'll, I'll add here that the model of Wisconsin Urban Wood went on to inspire what is now a national urban wood network that's called the Urban Wood Network. So Wisconsin Urban Wood today is now a chapter member of the National Urban Wood Network. And our model has gone on to inspire uh, members in more than 21 states and Canada uh, who are now a part of our playbook, are a part of all of this that started right here in Wisconsin. So I don't really remember what you asked me, but how <laughs> or why or what did I what how did Wisconsin Urban Wood come to be and why am I there? Well, again, we, we grew into it and uh, good people here in Wisconsin helped pull it together. I mean, beyond me, there's a lot of good people here. So. Well, that that's uh, definitely, I didn't realize, you know, and I apologize if we've talked about it, but I, I, I didn't realize it was all started here in Wisconsin. That it, Oh, well, I grew up from here. Or that, you know, this had the influence on, on other states and everything. Let me hold on a minute. Urban Woods have been happening forever. And so right. I don't want to take credit away from those that, that I know about in New York or the Carolinas or, or especially California. But to come together as a network and a brand, we, it was all influenced by everyone. But we, we were, I will say, probably the first statewide network. And, and that is what we learned is required to be networked. Because I, I will always very naturally supply my region with its wood. Not that I wouldn't take it across state lines to sell it or to make a sale because of the good story and the good things still go with it. But now imagine that happening in every state. You know, yeah. that's where we're headed. Yeah, that's cool. And yeah, I think that, you know, the important note I get from there is that it, it's that networking side and then to expand that further. Um, I mean, it just, it has my brain working on the possibilities of this and yeah. you know, the potential to, to, to really take these trees and put them to good use. Right. You know, and, and I've always looked, you know, especially when I was back on the giant wood pile that we had at behind the shop at the Arborist Service, um, I'd see these just, you know, five, six foot wide chunks of oak. And I, I'd sit there and I'd just be like, Wow. You know, there's so much potential in this piece. So, you know, that was something I was curious about. You know, do you get, you know, people making furniture? Do you get, you know, artists doing sculpting? You know, kind of where do you see this wood going once it's it's being collected? Yeah, and, and um, the way it's collected is, or what we receive is, is different to different members. So I would say at the core of the what what was called the urban wood movement, you know this this whole general and broad interest on urban wood. At the core of it was always the the one-off custom furniture maker. So, uh, wood people really know wood, <laughs> and they really like wood, 
and they see something unique like that oak chunk sitting there. You know, one person may have seen what a pain that is. What am I going to do with that? And I can't even chop it up for firewood. Well, the next person sees a a magnificent table made out of it. So um, I would say what inspired and jump-started the urban wood movement back in 2006 was fine furniture. And I was a part of, for example, the Chicago Furniture Designers Association, and we demonstrated all the value ash had. It was focused on ash, ash wood, that it can, it can be turned into furniture that you're very familiar with, a normal-looking coffee table or dining room table or what have you, or very artful and wild and, and just organically organic and beautiful. So that was our first attempt to really get into the, in front of the consumer. To say that, hey, the things you have in your home could be made from urban wood, just from right here in your neighborhood or, or your region. Well, this quickly went on to us to realize the abundance out there. And so I personally decided to focus on, you know, when, a, when an architect designs a, a new commercial building or even a home, they must also specify the type of woods that are going to be used for this, that, or the other. And to the sheer potential and volume that I had recognized and had even generated in logs, I knew that I had to reach this, this, this higher volume uh, uh, industries to really respond to all of this wood. So I focus on, um, uh, I sell, uh, uh, I, I contact a lot of design professionals to introduce my products, which is, which is urban wood. And then I help them understand where it can be applied as flooring, as trims, as wall cladding, as furnishings, as door jams, uh, stair treads. And, and it's like I'm drawing them a picture. You know, here, here are all the things. And then if I'm lucky, that architect will call my product out. I don't have a brick and mortar retail area. I, I, I really target these, these high volume uses because I've always believed that when the traditional wood using and specifying industries really embrace urban wood, everything else trickles down because every once in a while I'll have to, I'll have to hire my company will have to hire a, one of our members to make a custom conference room table, for example. Uh, that's one thing that I could do, but have chosen not to do. So, um, you know, it, it is limitless. And, and, and I'm going to add here that, <laughs> Let's not forget that it's wood. It, it's, it's wood. It has a function and it has a purpose. Urban wood kind of comes with a bit of a providence, though. It's, uh, it's storied and, and romantic and all of that at the end of the day. And people can do beautiful and wonderful things with it, absolutely. But there's, there's a lot of lumber in there, too, that needs to find a home in, in, in mainstream wood manufacturing, tabletops and tables themselves and, and other places wood is wood is used. So where is it used? Hopefully everywhere. Yeah. Now not 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 excuse me, not always structural. Uh, urban wood is typically hardwoods. Uh, not that not that we don't have members that are selling softer woods that could go into two by fours and whatnot, but we're talking about uh, quality urban hardwood lumber. Maple, ash, walnut, that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And that makes sense, especially for those, yeah, those types of projects. Um, 
you know, and, and I guess my mind right away goes to, um, you know, I, I, I have to admit, I was thinking, you know, do you have wood products for like garden, garden beds, like raised garden beds? Um, you know, and I know one of the better lumbers for that being, you know, locust is it's a, a hardwood um, that ranks up there with like redwood and cedar, which are the two that I prefer. Right? I typically use cedar for raised beds when I install for customers for its natural rot resistance and pe pest resistance and just the longevity of it. Um, but I know locust is another good one and prevalent in this area. Well, and, and honey locust is a, uh, I don't know which locust you're referring to, black locust or honey locust or either. They're not related, but. Right. Yeah. And I've, I've worked with both in the tree industry, but I'm curious, you know, how those two, from your opinion, would play out in that scenario. Well, I've been on a bit of a, a silent personal mission for about five years now to build markets for honey locust. It's not related to black locust, but it has many, if not all of the same um, decay resistant properties. And we're seeing a lot of, more of it coming out of the urban and community forest. And I've always dreamed of, you know, encouraging or influencing manufacturer to pick it up for an exterior line of, fur of, of furniture, uh, uh, an outdoor furniture line. But I was involved with a, a garden effort that that in Milwaukee, and you'd know them, but I can't think of their name. But um, I, uh, they called me with your same great question there, Alex, and and I recommended honey locust, but. It, it costs, it, it, it costs something. And they were able to use other materials um, unjudgingly, you know, at a cheaper cost. And that's where we are right now. Many times to do good work and to do th good things and invest in these good ideas. Well, guess what? It costs more. <laughs> yeah. And so one day that's all going to balance out. Mm -hmm. But right now, here we are. Here's what some of these options are. Scale will you know, and demand will certainly bring those prices down. But right now it's urban wood is a tough sale. It's a fully committed sale to get, for example, my business to get product into a business or, or a product or a project. And um, I've always thought I was more advocate than I was profit driven. You know, I, I really, we are all advocates for what we do, but my gosh, we're, our industry is really changing culture and the way people think. And that's, that's always hard to create change. And, uh, but to your question, yes, there, the, you know, white Oak, that's very popular right now in the, with designers and things, but it's, it's, it's not really prevalent in, in urban and community areas. And when, again, we don't go harvest it, uh, but that's another great, great exterior and ground contact wood. But that honey locust thing, keep that in mind. Yeah, I definitely will. And I mean, I know when, you know, we'd have to remove a locust tree. I mean, that stuff is dense. Oh, it'll, mean, it'll get you, as I say. You know, you look really weak when you're carrying this tiny log of locusts because, you know, people driving by are like, wow, they're not working that hard just carrying little, but they're like twice as heavy as, you know, I mean, compared to ash, it's considerably more heavy oh yeah, absolutely and, and you should try machining it in a shop oh, it's it, it it'll yeah. it'll bounce around and that's what i meant it'll get it'll come back and get you yeah, so yeah, you gotta be careful but it's, <laughs> it's a good wood it's a very good wood 
Yeah. And I know, um, you know, a farm in the area, um, they used locust for fence posts. Oh yeah. You know, cause they could get a good solid piece and that stuff's going to last, you know, decades. Well, yeah. Decade. Long time. <laughs> yeah. Long time. Well, yeah. That's, and I've always found that interesting, the different types of woods being used for different things. Um, and you know, and I know you guys are, you kind of mentioned it earlier, but you're working with some policy stuff, you know, so my thought also goes towards like municipalities and local communities, you know, what are you kind of doing with them? Is there like, say they need certain materials for municipal like projects and, you know, can you kind of combine, they need trees down plus lumber material for other things you know, and, and maybe what you're doing a little bit with the municipalities. Yeah, I think, um, I think a good, a good example is the city of Milwaukee. Um, some Wisconsin urban wood members had approached them, um, you know, a decade or more ago about this is long before, this was even before Wisconsin urban wood was organized and um, we helped the city organize a, um, a model. Okay, let me, let me back up a minute. The city of Milwaukee takes down about 4,000 trees a year during the normal life cycles of trees. And they, and they do a very good job. They're, they're, they're one of the, they used to be or still are one of the top 10 urban forests in the country. And they take their urban forestry very seriously. Well, we worked with them for a couple of years to, to, to learn how, how, what do they do with their trees when they get rid of them, ash or otherwise. They're, they're actually still treating their ash trees, I believe, and they're not removing a lot. But, it, but all the trees they take down, what do they do with them? And then <clears throat> we, uh, we encourage them to try shipping them, containerizing all of the logs and things they don't want to chip to the sawmill. And... We have, this has been in place for many years now, but the city actually cut their disposal cost in half by containerizing anything they don't want to chip, like into a 30 cubic air container. It goes to the sawmill at the city's cost. And that practice uh, cut the city's disposal associated cost in half. So it's saving them money. And before, not saying this disrespectfully, they didn't know where the wood was going, but now they know where the wood is going and that most likely the bulk of it's going to return back as products. But there are some, uh, there are, there are a couple of what I'll call rules. When it's safe and practical, we expect or and or encourage them to remove the tree, keeping it as long as possible when they remove it to preserve a, a millable log. But to get that millable log, the mill has to accept basically anything they do, that the city doesn't want to chip. So the mill will get pulp wood and, and no brush or stumps, but they'll get pulp wood and, and material to make for bolts and, and fuel wood. But about 20 to 25 percent of that load is going to be a saw log. And it's that saw log, that highest value product that really helps pay for everything else the mill has to go through. Well, um, number one, we saved them money. And, and basically, the conversation would stop right there at the municipality, and I get it. But this yeah. was, it, it's, it's helping money be directed back to their tree planting program, hopefully. 
or it's, it's keeping their forestry department healthy. Um, and, and when, and, but the city will most likely access some of that wood for some of their truck beds or sideboards or other things, maybe planting beds or something like that. That is certainly available to them. But otherwise, we become that dump, that, that recycling center. And that becomes our liability at that time. And we invest the money into it, this, that, and the other. So it's like setting your trash out on the curb. Um, other municipalities have, have, uh, have purchased their own sawmills and to kind of go into the sawmill business. And I don't know of any of those that have really lasted and I won't criticize them, but to speak openly, I I really wish a a municipality's tree department would do what they do best. Yeah. Now that's going to sound bad. I don't mean it to, let's get that wood to those, those who are expert experts in making logs and managing that waste. And we'd rather get that off the city's yard. But that's up to anybody's you know, discretion, obviously. Um, a, a model might be very small. It might be a, a small community might have an arrangement with one of our members. Hey, so-and-so, we're going to be cutting down five trees on Elm Street on this date. If you'd like them, come by and take a look, but they must be gone by this date. And let's make sure you've got the right insurance and, and, and they're not going to sit there and be a liability. So there's a lot of ways that this can happen, large and small. But I like the fact that that Milwaukee is, serves as kind of the, the best model that others can work backwards from to see what can we do to ensure that this wood really will enter a material stream to those who are committed to selling it back as a wood option. So I don't know if any of that made sense, but... But, but we have to be creative. There's, there's different budgets, there's different attitudes, there's different goals. And if their goals match ours, we can usually come up with a plan for a municipality or, or smaller city or village to, to help them out. And it's, only about, it's, it's usually about cost savings, not about revenue generation. It's about avoiding costs. And that's yeah. difficult for, for the average, for, well, for me too, to understand that. Well, am I giving something away for free? Or am I saving myself a whole lot of work? Yeah, and I, I could definitely see that 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 comes into play pretty much, you know, right away. Is is you know, what's this going to cost? How's what's the cost benefit? You know, and that type of stuff. So it, it's really cool to hear the example of Milwaukee. You know, I could certainly see some of the smaller municipalities. You know, it being a potential for them as well. Um, you know, and and. I guess I'd, I'd also ask you, you know, is this something, you know, homeowners, you know, the audience listening, is this something, you know, how do we, we kind of connect with that too? Yeah. You know, number one, let's, um, number one, uh, care for your trees, <laughs> um, hire a good arborist to, to, to help you and, and teach you and, and to learn from each other about what, you know, what about our trees, they, they are part of our infrastructure, whether they're in your yard or not, they're, 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 they benefit the value of your home and the, the happiness of your home, but also your community. So, you know, tree is always a good thing to learn more about. Um, but also uh, when that tree does have to come down one day, uh, you have the, the, the homeowner has the, the option, and especially hopefully after today or after listening to this, to know that you can call a qualified arborist to either care for, but also remove a tree if necessary. 
And by calling a, a Wisconsin urban wood arborist, you ensure that that tree is going to be removed as long and and safely as possible so that it can enter this material stream. And some of our makers, you can make an arrangements and have something made for your own home for your tree. Rarely does that tree have the value that you may think it does. You still have to pay for that removal and transporting one log or even two logs to a sawmill costs money. So many times that, ma- that value of a log is, 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 is not understood entirely. Um, and, and that's what turns us back into a community and being advocates ourselves. that what is, what is one small thing, which is really a big thing that could really help our community. And it would be using somebody who, you know, will get that tree to a highest use. And if not, somebody can mill it up right there in your yard and, 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 t- and, and instruct you on how to store that lumber to, to air dry, you know, right there in your own garage or your backyard. So there, there's all kinds of alternatives that all of our members would be able to assist you with. Well, that, that's really cool to hear, you know, and I, I know to, uh, you know, several customers that I've worked with in the past where, you know, a tree is incredibly sentimental to them, whether they, you know, I'll never forget this, this one couple who were, you know, they're in their nineties and they planted a silver maple in their backyard when they moved into that home. And, you know, when it had to come down, the, the trunk was easily six feet wide, Oh my! you know, had ended up doing damage to their fence on two separate occasions. And it was just, it was time because they had, you know, it was a danger to their home and everything. And they were just so distraught at having to have it removed, but they knew they had to do that. So it's those situations in particular that I could see, you know, they would very much be willing to take that lumber if they, you know, could have that processed and, and milled down and then used for something in their home because it meant that much to them. So that that's awesome that there's an opportunity like that. That's exactly right. And, and that is the same um, excitement that those who design and build our, our, our built environment, when they become aware of urban wood, each board has that same story in it, plus a function. And that's, that's one of the only things that differentiates my lumber from traditional lumber. I just said earlier, it's wood. It fills this. The boards might be identical, but one comes with this, this origin and, and history and a sense of place. And, and that it fed, a, 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 it benefited a local uh, environment or long-term or, or beyond our environment and our local economy. And, and there are many livelihoods that rely on forestry, you know, when the trees are alive or dead. And imagine if we considered where all of our materials came from one day. Well, we can't get them all from right here, but those that we can, well, maybe we should. And we're, we're, we're going to try to make that process easier. Yeah, and I, I love how you said that because, you know, and that's, as I've had discussions with some other people in these podcasts and, you know, just looking at what the green team's doing in general is we're very much trying to create that awareness of, you know, like, let's let's look around the area first. Let's try to get it here and cut down on those deliveries and those, 
you know, cross country trips. And, you know, here's, here's a great example of another thing. I, I don't believe the majority of people are aware of that. We can, you know, reach out in our community and find this. We can. Yeah. <laughs> you know, in, in describing that tree of that couple that, that lost that tree along the fence row there. Yeah. I don't say this lightly, but that's the easy part. Now mm-hmm. we have the equipment that could come in and very carefully mill it right there. And we probably are will always have, but now it's even easier. Yeah. 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 I've seen some of the fun new toys that some of these, uh, these companies have. And um, yeah, the, these processes are being made much, much easier. And, and hopefully in the long run that, that cuts costs on both ends and makes this process a little more streamlined. Um, so there's, there's one more thing I wanted to jump into, you know, as this is, you know, we're both part of the Walker County Green Team. I know we are working with Wisconsin Urban Wood on a grant from the DNR. So that's something I definitely wanted to jump into. And, you know, you know much more about this than I do. So I'm, I'm curious, what what is this grant all about? What are, what are we doing with that? Well, we've we've talked about a lot of municipalities here that that are uh, are either uh, have some form of a of an urban wood utilization model. Uh, within them, like Milwaukee, and there's and there's other communities around. Um, but a little a little history would be that back in 2018, the Waukesha County Green Team partnered with um, Waukesha County and, and Gilbane, Debe- Gilbane Development, and they hosted a, an interactive forum um, that was related to the sustainability efforts of the county. and And at this event. Um, it was called Sharing the Waukesha County Sustainability Plan. That was a very cool project that the uh, Waukesha County Green Team was a part of. But um, during this, they identified communities that were well positioned to to move forward with developing their own sustainability plan. So here is Waukesha County committed to the sustainability plan and, and, and Waukesha County Green Team recognized that, well, how can we get this into the cities and into and and the towns and help do that? So, as you've heard today, you know, urban wood is a is an important aspect of a community's sustainability. And so the Waukesha County Green Team uh, partnered with Wisconsin Urban Wood. And uh, we're going to bring kind of our expertise and, and our experience and, and, and input to, to a DNR urban forestry grant project uh, that Waukesha County Green Team has. And we are going to... Uh, uh, listen and learn, as I like to see. Listen, learn, and share with municipalities on where are you right now in in in, in your wood waste or your wood residue management, and, and what is it that you currently do? Well, we're going to learn these things and and hopefully work with with as many as five different municipalities within Waukesha County to help them develop and then implement a, a utilization plan. Whether they <clears throat> now. Basically, we want them to uh, uh, to learn from Wisconsin Urban Wood, and, and we want municipalities to learn that you can do this certainly independently, and you can certainly create the wood that you use right there, and and, uh, and I will applaud you. But we want to bring in really that larger story about it when they have excess, how this can feed a material stream that Wisconsin Urban Wood holds together. So in a nutshell, um, Wisconsin Urban Wood and, and Waukesha County Green Team have a DNR Urban Forestry grant to do 
everything we've said today at the municipal level and, and help them help them join this this team because we need them. We need them as a source of logs, but I really want them to understand and be a part of something much bigger. And so I'm very excited to actually be a part of that project. And it's been a little slow during our uh, during 2020. And uh, now things are starting to, to pick up and we're having more and more discussions with municip- with municipalities within our county. Yeah, that I mean, that's awesome. I mean, everything you said there is is what I really appreciate about being part of this this green team is, um, you know, kind of starting to move that that sustainable picture forward and, you know, really taking I know for myself, it's it's the stuff that I'm really passionate about that I can't you know, get at on my own, you know, there's this group doing it and, you know, what um, Wisconsin Urban Wood is doing with, with Washington County Green Team is, that that's awesome. I mean, I, I'm excited to be a part of that. And, you know, I, I still have to pick your brain more on that in the future meetings, but um, it's exciting to see that we're involved in that and that this stuff is, is happening and that municipalities are open to it. You know, I think that's the, the, bigger excitement is that the word is getting out and, and people are, are interested at different levels. So it's exciting times. Well, it is in, in policy, you know, with, a, with a, the sporadicness of a, of a, uh, of a, of a forestry team, you know, when, when one person leaves or transfers or moves up the ladder, many times good projects are left behind and, and don't have another champion. So this is why, this project uh, with Waukesha County Green Team and the DNR grant, and we're, we're building a, a policy that a city must must help us, or not must, but will help us develop. And that will stay, you know, evergreen. And because we cannot lose that that provenance of people and plants, we, we, we need to really carry that through for this to last. So I'm excited about it. Yeah, yeah, that's too cool. So excellent. Well, well, thank you, Dwayne. Um, I just wanted to ask you the the one final question here, which you know I like to throw out is, um, you know, what could you, you you supply our audience with some some perspective on what could they do to live more sustainably today from your your expertise with uh, within the wood industry and 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 if anything, just in your general perspective. Yeah, it's. I say this a lot to myself and, and to my two sons. And, you know, to make change means we've got to slow down for a moment and turn 180 degrees and perhaps do something that we isn't very easy. And it's turning 180 degrees when we consider <clears throat> if you're if you're looking, if you need a wood product. If you're looking for a wood product, number one, buy local, buy sustainable, but, but look for a Wisconsin urban wood maker. But you see, we can help you from seed to sawdust. We can help you at the tree level. Look for a Wisconsin urban wood arborist. And, and that Wisconsin urban wood arborist will help you find a Wisconsin urban wood sawmill operator who can mill up your tree or a furniture maker who you know. So, when it comes to, to wood and, and your trees or wood products, number one, it, it, it literally makes, it takes making that call, call them and find out and learn. And don't be afraid that that point of purchase might be different. Buying urban wood 
products or, or, or having a table made is sometimes I liken it to going to the farmer's market. It's not always going to Amazon.com yet. <laughs> it might be. So uh, don't be afraid to do things. I think real change comes from making ourselves be uncomfortable and, and making ourselves do things that <clears throat> that aren't always in the mainstream. And that's when real and lasting change will come. And, and our members and certainly myself have never walked the well-trotted path in life. We're, we're walking a I'm not going to say a better path, but we are walking a different path that isn't so mainstream right now. And we're gradually widening that path so others can follow it a little easier. So don't don't be afraid to change. And I'll tell you, the Waukesha County Green Team, I'm going to share this bit of good news. As of all the things that I'm involved in, I never once considered in my entire life of all the things I believe and support of buying all of my Christmas gifts locally or within my county <laughs> until I until I learned about uh, Waukesha County Green Team. And that is our 180 degree turn that we have embraced as a family uh, 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 every year. And now that has bled into to all of the other things from food to even clothing. That's a little bit harder to find, but uh, we have. So that's what it takes. It takes making that change, decide to turn around and try something different and new. That's my, that's my input. <laughs> well, I'd say that was a, that was an awesome one. I mean, I, I love that. And I'll have to tell Joanna about the, the buying gifts locally as she was on this, this podcast last November when we talked a little bit more about sustainable gift giving and, and holiday parties. Um, she'll get a kick out of that. That's cool. And I love that. Yeah. You know, uh, embrace the 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 local and and just yeah, you know sometimes that fear can hold us up on making changes from our normal thing, you know. And and I know I've learned in my life the the hard path can can be a lot more fun and Absolutely. rewarding, but there's a lot of fear involved. So no, that was that was very well said, uh, Dwayne. Thank you. And you know, is there any website or anything you'd like to throw out for the audience to check out? Well, I. I'm first and foremost, uh, you know, obviously the Waukesha County Green Team website, but but um, I would certainly reach out to WisconsinUrbanWood.org, uh, WisconsinUrbanWood.org, and uh, and on there you'll you'll learn a little bit more about about the organization, and you can find these members that I was referring to, including myself, and. Um, and that way, we'll keep this in the spirit of the, of the biggest of the larger picture, which is why we're here, not just my company. So, uh, yeah, look out, look for WisconsinUrbanWood.org, and and if not, somebody here on this podcast will know how to get a hold of me. <laughs> That's absolutely right. Yeah, thank you, Dwayne, and uh, yeah, thank you everyone for joining us in this episode. This is uh, you know another great talk, and um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see where where things go between the green team and Wisconsin urban wood and to hear more about this. So I hope, uh, I hope everyone took some interest. Um, as Dwayne said, please check out, you know, our website at Washington County green team.org, you know, check out our Facebook page. Uh, we're on Instagram, you know, Facebook, we'd love to hear comments, questions, anything that you would like to throw out in these, these conversations, you know, we're trying to create, create a community ourselves. So we'd love to have you along. Um, and, you know, I, I don't think I could say it any better, but 
you know, look at the changes we can make in our daily lives. These little steps we're all putting forward, even listening to this this episode here, you know, we're making these little changes towards sustainability and, you know, those changes go a long way. So thank you, everyone. And we will talk to you again later on another episode of Greencast. Make sure to check out Greencast on Facebook, where we post the most up-to-date information, release episodes, provide a lot more resources about things you heard on the show, and have conversations about episodes and sustainability in Waukesha, Wisconsin, and beyond. Also, if you're interested in the Waukesha County Green Team, please check out our website and Facebook page and come to one of our board meetings. They're always open to the public. Greencast is produced through the Waukesha County Green Team by Alec Lapoitevin and Laura Laux, with help from Stacey Balsley. Our theme music is by Dan Krill and Emma Kopel. Please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time, sustainability starts with all of us.